there, I'm Tammy Chang. I'm a pediatric hematology oncology physician in the Pacific Northwest. I'm also the medical director of provider wellness for my healthcare system. I'm a leadership coach for women physicians. I'm also an author and I'm the co-founder of Pink Code MD, which I co-founded together with my medical school classmate, Louisa Duran. And so our Pink Code MD platform is a platform to support the personal and professional success of all women physicians. So those are my professional roles. And then I'm also, most importantly to me in my life, I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a fur mommy. I'm a fur mommy to um, two golden retrievers, Gus and Toby. They are the they are the joy of my life. They are that's those are the most important beings in my life. My fur babies and my husband Matthew. And we also have two cats who I've had since the very beginning of my medical training, right after I finished medical school and started my internship at the University of Massachusetts. And so I've got my two kitties. Ellie and Mimi, and they are 16 year, almost 16 years old, I think now. They're still alive and doing great. They, they really, truly do have nine lives. So those are all my fur babies and then my hubby, of course. And I'm also a daughter. My parents, um, my dad is a um, almost retired allergist in the, in the Portland area, and my mother is a former opera singer. Um, I'm also a sister. I've got a younger sister who is a harpist and a younger brother who is a composer and cellist. So I've got a musical family. And I think most importantly, too, I'm also I'm a friend to many. So those are all my personal, a little bit of personal about me. And really my why behind everything I do now today, I'm, I'm now almost 41 years old, um, I'm about eight years out of training, um, is that I, I myself really struggled, not unlike a lot of physicians currently today in our healthcare space with severe burnout. I was only about five years after my training, so it was a little under three years ago. I had severe burnout, and I was so burned out that I, I was actually suicidal. And so that time in my life, really has become the catalyst and, and honestly the real reason why I do all the work that I do today and why I'm so deeply passionate about doing everything and anything I can do to make the culture of medicine better, healthier, more compassionate for those of us who are the healers trying to heal others through medicine. Um, so I'm deeply passionate about creating a better culture of medicine I'm deeply passionate about changing the stigma of mental health, especially for physicians and clinicians and practitioners in healthcare. I deeply want to be part of changing the trajectory of the careers in medicine for women physicians. And I, I just want a kinder, better world, really, for all of us and a more joyful culture of medicine now and then especially also for the future generations of young physicians out there. And why am I so passionate about all this? You know, this is my story, but I, we also know there's some really hard facts and hard hard data. We know that one in five physicians has considered suicide during their careers. This is among the highest um, in the world. In fact, physicians have the highest rate of suicide of any profession. We know that women physicians in particular are disproportionately at a higher risk of 
severe burnout, severe burnout and dying by suicide than male physicians. And we also know that women phys physicians have a significantly higher rate of dying by suicide than women in the general population. So all that together, plus we know that 40% of women physicians are either quitting medicine or going part-time within six years of finishing their residency training. And this to me is, is all of these things are, are, are tough, tough, tough facts, <laughs> tough data. Um, because now actually as of last year, we more, more than 50% of students in medical schools are women. For 51% of students in medical schools uh, are women as of last year, 2020. And um, at the time of, that we're recording this story, and um, which is huge, right? It's the first time ever we finally have equality, at least in medical schools. And yet the, the, the percentage of women physician, the, the percentage of physicians who are practicing today who are women are actually less than 35%. We're losing women in the workforce, in the workplace, and there's a lot of work we have to do. So I share all these data and facts because they're, they are kind of the, the background, the backdrop of um, what I experienced too. I was one of those women, you know, I was only five years out of training and I was a statistic. Um, and this is why Louisa and I are so deeply passionate about the work we do for women physicians and, and why everything I do in my life is about how to make things better for my, my friends and my colleagues, my fellow physicians, you know, male or female or other. So, Two and a half, almost three years ago, after taking that leave of absence, what really helped me, um, I took I took some time off from work. I, it was about two to three months off, and I really I really considered quitting. Um, I really considered that I may not come back to my work as a physician. And I love I love taking care of patients. I I love pediatric hematology, oncology, especially oncology. It's has been a deep calling and passion of mine um, for a very long time, and um, I got help. With through therapy, I got I discovered coaching. I I actually discovered coaching and it changed my life so much that I decided, of course, you know, being the lifelong learner that I am, that I, I wanted to go through coaching training myself. And I, I went through five coaching certifications over the next year and a half, um, which has honestly transformed my life. And I so you know, I created a support community. I reconnected with old friends, dear friends, like my dear friend Louisa. And we came together to, we honestly really believe that we saved each other and we saved ourselves through the process of wanting to help others and creating our platforms for women physicians. I discovered after coming back from that really difficult time, what my true core values are. I always had thought they were service and compassion. And I, I think service and compassion are absolutely still deeply integral to who I am and who I've been since I was very young. It's driven me certainly over the many decades of my life and career. Um, but what I really truly discovered, honestly, through the magic of coaching is that joy, which I know is um, the central core of this, this, um, this platform here is, uh, is my top core value followed very closely by love, freedom, courageous integrity, empowerment, and growth. So these are my core values. These are my, my, guiding, my guiding principles, my guiding GPS system, internal system, my, my North Star. Um, and I really discovered through that time, that really tough time, right, um, what it truly is to be alive 
and to live a life full of joy. My mantra today is be the change, be the golden retriever. Um, and because to me, nothing embodies, and of course I'm totally biased, right? Because I've got my my ba- my fur babies, my golden retrievers, who I adore. Um, but to me, the gold, a golden retriever, nothing embodies joy, love, uh, that unconditional love and freedom more than a golden retriever. And so to me, I actually have this phrase on my wall and alongside many other things that I have on my wall that inspire me, um, be the change, be the golden retriever. Because gosh, what a, what a world we would have if every single human being could experience joy and unconditional love in the way that a golden retriever just gives that to others. And that's so much um, at the heart of what I want to do and be in this world. So I wrote down some of my biggest lessons that I've learned through uh, the, the last many years, but in particular the last three, because they have been the most difficult and the, the most life-changing and transformational for me. So this, and some of this is advice I would give to a young, young woman starting out her career in medicine as well. So the first lesson is that I deeply did never, did not understand before, but I so know now that not everything is our responsibility. And in fact, we have to say no. And in many times, saying no is actually the kinder and more compassionate choice to ourselves and to others when we do this. We have to say no. Our personal boundaries are incredibly important. And to me, personal boundaries for me had, had a lot more to do with what was my responsibility and what was not my responsibility to do. Because growing up and certainly through decades of medical training and then years after finishing training, um, I felt everything was my responsibility. And I was going to do it and go above beyond and do that for everyone. And so I've now learned... I can't do it all. In fact, none of us can. And we all need to know, learn how to say no. And it's okay to say no. In fact, it's kinder to ourselves and kinder to others when we do this. The second lesson I've learned, uh, I learned this the hard way too. These are all sort of hard-earned lessons, that we must put our own oxygen masks on first. So we've all been I hope, well, maybe many of us have been, and certainly we've done this less during the pandemic, but um, we've all seen the safety video at the beginning of a flight, right, on an airplane, and we all hear the part about putting on, adults must put their own oxygen mask on first before helping the young child sitting next to you. And um, it's a very strong image, right? Because what happens when we don't put our oxygen mask on in the setting of stress or an emergency? Or just even honestly every day, right? So if we're in an area where we don't get enough oxygen, we're going to pass out. Um, and then that little child sitting next to you is not going to be know how to put the mask on for themselves, and they're going to be alone. And that's not what any of us want, right? But the reality is we're all running on empty. I was actually um, giving a talk at um, AMWA, the American Medical Women's Association. I'm the program director for their leadership development program, Elevate for Women Physician Attendings. And actually one of the participants last night had the most wonderful analogy. And I, I actually, it's one I've heard a little before, but I really loved how she framed it, which is when we're not putting our own oxygen masks on first, what we're doing essentially is like driving our car 
when the you know the 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 lights are all on you're like you have no gas the the engine light is on the oil light is on on the air pressure gauge light is on because everything you just haven't maintained your car and you're like literally your brakes aren't working and yet you're still trying to drive right on the freeway and that's honestly how many of us function um, and not just in medicine, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter the industry. We all push and push ourselves or, or, or certainly do push or often do push ourselves to the point of where we literally fall apart. And that's what happens to a car, right? When the wheels fall off because we haven't put, you know, air into the, in the, into the tires when there's been holes in there. So it's the same concept, right? We have to put our own oxygen mask on first. And for physicians in particular, we're taught and this is a bit controversial, but I, I strongly believe we are taught that patients must come first. And I, I do agree, patients are why we are here and they do come first. But we as the individual, as the physician trying to take care of the patients have to come first before that. Because if we're not okay, we can't take care of other people. And we really honestly can't take care of anyone for that matter, not only our patients, if we're not okay. The third lesson I've learned, which kind of kind of goes along with everything else, is that those of us who are hyperachievers, and for me, this is my Achilles heel, I've been a little hyperachiever since I was a kid, right? Um, is to know that not everything has to be perfect or A plus work. And I certainly am one of the perfection, grew up as a perfectionist. And um, then I was surrounded by perfectionists and hyperachievers, you know, through all through the school years, college, medical school, internship, residency, fellowship, et cetera, because we all had to be to make it through there. And um, in fact, honestly, what I've learned the hard way is that giving ourselves grace and sometimes even doing B minus or C plus work is not only okay, but it's absolutely necessary for our overall well-being. There are many times when we don't need to be doing A-plus work. You know, there are times when we absolutely want to be giving our all our A-plus work, but there are a lot of times when that's absolutely not necessary. We don't need to be working 24-7. Number four, um, our identity as, as physicians is so closely tied to being a physician. It has been our identity Many of us think of it as a calling. Um, we dedicate our lives. We take an oath when we start medical school to do no harm and to care for patients and others and to heal others. But what we forget is that we are a human being first. We are a whole person, not just who we are as a physician, but in our entire lives. We are absolutely human beings just like everybody else before we are physicians. And number five, I think the most important lesson, well, these are all important lessons to me, is getting clear on our why with a capital W and our top core values right from the very beginning. Um, and this means core values, not what we've been raised to believe or what we've been trained to believe, especially those of us who've gone through decades of medical training, or even what society tells us to believe, and this is often a, a subconscious, right? Um, but what we believe. So when we know our purpose, our values, and our why with a capital W with clarity, honestly, our lives are so much more at ease. So our decisions and challenges become much easier. 
we're much more in harmony with our most deepest and most authentic and alive and joyful selves, right? Um, and we're much more able to live a life of ease and flow and joy and love and all the wonderful things that each of us as human beings are wanting and craving as human beings for. So those are my biggest lessons. Thank you for letting me share some of my story. I think in many ways my story is only just beginning because my dream, um, which I think is one of the questions I have to answer at the end, is uh, my dream is to be contributing and being part of just making this world a better place for all of us for as long as I am on earth. And I hope that will be for a very long time. So what have I learned about sharing my story? I think I've learned, and I, I know this already, that I will be on a learning and growing journey for the absolute rest of my life. And I will be learning um, for as long as I'm here. And getting to share our stories is an incredibly powerful form of learning and growth for ourselves and for others. And there's incredible power in sharing our stories. Because when we can show up and be vulnerable, honest, humble, and, and really share our struggles, that is what connects us as human beings. It also helps others to recognize and know that we are not alone. None of us are alone. In fact, we're all struggling in our own ways, whether we verbalize it or share it openly or not. And so that's a big part of why I share my story so openly. I want to model for others the vulnerability and courage to do so because it gives others permission to do the same. And that's what I want so much for everyone. My biggest dream, I said it before, my biggest dream is to have a kinder, more compassionate, more joyful and loving world for all of us. And, you know, I think so much the reality is, and I think the pandemic has highlighted this for us that much more, at least this is how I, my perspective and how I view the world is that we are, we're all human beings. We're all struggling together. We're all in this together. It has been a true pandemic because it has impacted every single human being on earth. And that to me is our common humanity and our common struggle, which is why we have to do this together. So my dream is that for all of us to leave our world better than we found it when we entered for our next generation, for our kids and grandkids, just as the incredible men, women, and all the human beings who have come before us have done for us. So thank you. Thank you for letting me share my story and, and share this time with you. And I wish you all the love and joy um, for you and your families and loved ones and the most important people in your lives. Give them, hug them real tight because um, if we've learned anything through this pandemic, it's that life is precious and as are the most important beings in our lives. Take care. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, 
one powerful story at a time. 